Hello and welcome to the Turtle Tracks Podcast. This is your host, Brian Hooker, and I'm here with Robert Ben Garant, who is well known from things like Reno 911, Viva Variety, and The State, and a bunch of other shit. But we're going to talk about something that he is, that is much more obscure in his career. Uh, and that is when he was Michelangelo as part of the Coming Out of Their Shells Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So, are oh, you got the jacket? Oh, so this isn't a visual podcast, but he is. Oh, okay. I've got the jacket. No, but that's so have cool. My Hold that back up. That's amazing. Okay, it's like the, the, the he's got the tour jacket with Michelangelo in the back, which I absolutely love. That that's fantastic. I saved it for my children, and my children do not care. Uh, <laughs> they are, are, all right, like they that sure they they've seen the movie, the Seth Rogen one, and they're like, eh, you know, so they don't care. Gotcha. One day, maybe their grandkids will care. We'll see. It's a very cool jacket. So it, it's in perfect shape. So that somebody's gonna care. So. Somebody's gonna care. Maybe eBay. Maybe someone on eBay will care. Um. So you. Uh. So I guess let's zip back to the beginning. Uh. How did you and uh, Michael Ian Black? You guys were part of this tour. Can you explain what your role was first and what job you were doing on the tour, as opposed to the other guys? We were. So this was the coming out of our shells tour, which opened at Radio City Music Hall, which is huge. And it's sold out for its entire run at Radio City Music Hall. So that's how big the Turtles were at the time. And then from Radio City Music Hall, it did a tour of the U.S. that ended up lasting. I did it for nine months and it kept going after I left. So the tour went to every major city and then it started to go to smaller cities. It went all through Canada. It went to Puerto Rico. It went to Mexico. Uh, this massive stage tour where the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles played all of the songs on their album, which was available at Pizza Hut. Uh, and then in the middle of their concert, Shredder would come and attack and steal April. And so they had to like stop doing the concert and fight Shredder. And then they fought Shredder on stage and then finished the concert. So it was like this crazy, like, guar for nine-year-olds. It was like this massive show with like pyrotechnics and a band. It was huge. Um, and so I, my, they, and then they started doing it in New York. And then they realized in New York that they needed, that the guys on stage were just um, dancers pretty much. And the voices on stage were pre-recorded that it was pre-recorded tracks, and then the the helmets on stage were like these animatronic helmets that were coordinated to go with the pre-recorded vocal tracks. And they realized that there was nobody out on the road that could leave the show and do the voices and get into the costumes and do promotion. So they realized about halfway through their run at Radio City Music Hall, they needed somebody that could fit in the costumes that could kind of do the voice that could kind of knew enough about Ninja Turtles to like go onto radio shows and take questions from kids who would call into radio shows and could leave New York like in three days for it extended. It ended up being nine months. Um, so me, the, Todd Hollebeck of the state was, I don't know why, but he was working for, the Liebman produ Productions, the Bob Bijan's company partners okay. who were running the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles tour. Uh, and somehow Todd got a wind that they needed these, these, these turtles. So me and Mike Black 
and Michael Jan, like a lot of the state went. Joe Latruglio, and everybody tried on the outfits, uh, and Mike Jan just couldn't fit. He's like 6'5", you know, so like he couldn't fit into the outfit, and so he was super disappointed. But I could fit, and Joe could fit. Like, Mike Black couldn't really fit. He was too tall. Um, and we, like, the weekend before, like, like bought VHS tapes of the cartoon so that we could learn to do the oh, voices. No, and I didn't know anything about them. So I bought a bunch of comic books and like was reading the comic books. So we went in and auditioned. And by the end of it, we realized if we said yes, we would get hired. Like they just needed somebody <laughs> really desperately. And there were no other people auditioning. It was just us. Like, so uh, Mike Black and I talked ourselves into it on the subway down back to our dorm and we were in the middle of junior year of college um at nyu so we and we were in this the state we were in the new group uh was the comedy group uh that became the state and we had a show coming up in like a month um and we had girlfriends and we had just like signed leases on apartments um but we were both miserable at nyu like we were, we both really disliked it and he ended up, we both ended up dropping out anyway. Okay. Um, so on the way down, we were like, we should do this. We, we said like, this is why we're actors. The, the money was great. Like the money was like a thousand bucks a week. Like it, it was something. Yeah. And, at, and at the time yeah. that was like, like Beverly Hillbillies, I'm never going to have to work again. You know, like it was, it was, it was so much money at the time. Sure. Um, and so we talked ourselves into it and we said, let's do it. And so we called, we, we called our parents and said, we're dropping out of college to do this job. Uh, and my parents were like, well, what's the money? And I said, the money, I told them the money and they said, okay. Yeah. He said, maybe you can go back to college afterwards. But the money was so good that after nine months I paid off of all of my NYU debts. Because uh, I, I borrowed everything. I had a Pell Grant that I, and so it, the Turtles paid for my college. Um, and then there was enough money afterwards to pay for an apartment for a year. So it was a lot of money. Um, and me and Mike Black just said, let's do it. And so we, we reported to work. They gave us a Chevy Astro minivan um, with these two giant coffins in the back with the turtles and all of their equipment. So it was like turtles and batteries and chargers and like the remote controls to work the heads and like all of this stuff. These two, and they were these giant plastic, like six foot by two foot, like coffins with everything in it. And we hit the road and we, we went to Detroit first and they would literally, this is how long ago it was. It was like 1991. Like, so they would, we would get our orders by fax. They would fax us to the hotel we were staying at. What was our, what were we doing in Detroit? And they would, and it would give us an address of where to be. So we would typically do, we would do every morning, we would go on some like a radio tour. So we would go to like whatever the local morning zoo radio station was. And like the kids would call in before school and ask questions. And we would give away uh, pizza parties at Pizza Hut and tickets to, the show. Um, and for the first three cities, we went in costume to the radio station. I was just saying, and then, after, the costume? and then after the third city, we were like, guys, this is bullshit. Like we can't go in costume because you couldn't hear us in the microphone. Yeah. And like, we're like, we're, this is for adults. We're in a room with a bunch of adults. 
but pretending to be turtles. We said like, we need to go. We'll, we'll, on the, we'll do the voices, but we can't do costumes. We put our foot down and they said, okay. Um, but then we would go to a, the local, like whatever school we went to like every school in town oh, and shit. we would do a presentation with usually the principal and McGruff, the crime dog. And whoever, if there was some local celebrity and we would talk about don't do drugs, kids. Like they were working with Dare, with the, with Dare to not do drugs. And so we would talk about don't do drugs and come see the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, and then we would go at night to every TV station. And we were usually paired with like the wacky weather guy, like whoever the local this guy's crazy. You'll love him. Like we went, we would go on with like the the crazy weather guy and like do the weather. Um, and then we would always go, we, they had a big um, partnership with Make-A-Wish. Okay. So, which is like the kids with, you know, terminal kids, yeah. usually with leukemia. And a lot of Make-A-Wish kids, they're like, wish before they died was to meet a teenage mutant ninja turtle like that's how big the turtles were and so we would go and either visit them in the hospital which was very life-changing and 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 intense and interesting and like i'd never thought about any of that stuff or or you know i'd never even spent that much time with kids because i was still like i was like 19 like so so we we would go and meet all of these kids at the hospital um or the kid if he was well enough if he or she was well enough would go to the show and they would have the pizza hut would do like a, a green room event for them where pizza hut would buy them all all of their friends and family pizza and then you would meet the little make-a-wish kid and then he would get a front row seat and the turtle, me or Mike, would go in and have pizza with the kid uh, and talk to him. And, and it, what was intense about it was there was no, like 99%, we, I've probably met a thousand Make-A-Wish kids and probably met like a hundred thousand kids. Um, th there was like 1% thought you were in a costume and like the other 99% thought you were Michelangelo. Because we looked just like the ones in the movie. Like, we, we didn't, it, it didn't look like, you know, Mickey Mouse and his mouth doesn't move. And, like, you're, the kids are kind of aware that's not really Mickey Mouse. Yeah, but, like, we... Like the ones, yeah, the one, like, there's two different suits that are associated with this. There's the ones on the stage, which were lighter, but were kind of, they kind of like had the scary teeth and eyes. They were a little creepier looking. There was a better version of the suits, which was the ones you guys wore. That yeah. were like interviews and stuff. So those ones looked a lot more like the movies than the ones on stage did. They looked like the movies. Sense. And you could yeah. like shake hands with a kid and it felt like a turtle. Like it, it wasn't cloth. It was like this weird rubber leather. And so it, like people thought and we probably smelled pretty bad because we couldn't <laughs> wash them. Uh, so I bet we smelled like we lived in a sewer, sure. um, which kids would say and we would make jokes. Um, but we would meet these kids and like they thought I was Michelangelo. Like it was, huh? it was pretty intense. Like I would imagine like when Johnny Depp used to go visit kids as Jack Sparrow. And if the kid was little enough, he would just think, Oh, this is Jack Sparrow. Like uh -huh. it, it was, it was pretty badass. Like, uh, and so, and then I did it for nine months. I, I went to every city. I went all through Puerto Rico. I went all through Canada and we did like four or five cities in Mexico. So you were Michelangelo and Michael Ian Black was Raphael. Yes, he was Raphael. How come they only did the two turtles? You know why? I bet money. I bet just sure. like yeah. I, I bet like they. I, 
because we had we had the costumes and we had backup masks and like we had purple and blue so oh. that if if it was a make-a-wish kid who wanted to see leonardo or donatello we could we could switch it and do okay. that um uh, but that never happened because they always wanted to meet Raphael or michelangelo always um so but we had we could have done backup but i i best like it didn't really you didn't really need all four you know it was always oh yeah usually no. it was just one at a time anyway like because when we did tv what we did was one of us would be in the costume and the other one would be off camera with the remote control and a microphone i was gonna ask how you did that so you would be you'd be off stage doing the voice dude work albonga and like so the other and so you would be doing the voice and making it move um but then it looked and so for TV, that's what you did. But in person, we had these slightly lighter masks that were fit. Like if, if, if you moved your mouth, if you talked, if you, if you moved your mouth big enough while you talked, like it, it opened and closed. It looks pretty good. Um, oh, no but, shit. Okay. But for TV, like we had like these, this really complicated remote that the mouth would go and the eyes would go and you could make it smile. Like it was pretty cool. Um, so that's what we did like on wacky weather reports was one of us was off camera doing the voice and the remote. So you'd be playing Michelangelo on camera and, and Michael Lee Black would be voicing Michelangelo and controlling his face. Yeah. So one of you're if you're on camera, and sure. you kind of know what the other one's going to say, you know, because, like, you know, we, we've done it. It was at every weatherman had the exact same jokes. So like we, you know, so we knew kind of what was going to happen. And so sure. we, we, yeah, it was just like you, but it was both of you were sort of, one of you was the puppeteer and the other was like the animatronics sort of. Did you have to do the animatronics as well? Like how complicated was that thing? We, it was pretty, we flip-flopped. We, we would switch off okay. like, uh, cause it was much, much funner for some reason. If you were the one doing the animatronic, people thought you were the boss and they thought that the other guy in the costume was like, working kind of for are. like it was a hierarchy. So it was much funner to be not in the costume. Like, so, and like, cause they, they would always go, so who, and they would talk to you and ask the questions. And the other poor person was like in the sweaty outfit. So we would alternate, we would, depending on, yeah, we would just literally like take turns. So depending on by, by day so that we would do, so we could both do both. We would both do the voices and both do the animatronics like flip-flopping days. So you had to have a Raphael voice to voice him and a Michelangelo voice to voice yourself in person. Yeah. Do you yeah. remember how those voices went? Though. Do you remember how I was much better at read Michelangelo than Raphael. Raphael doesn't really do that much. But Michelangelo, sure. people kind of know what he sounds like and he sounds like a surfer guy. So like that was much easier. Raphael's not that funny too. Like Raphael's very serious. Yeah. And so by, by the end of it, we were both pretty much just doing the same like voice all the time. Cause Raphael like is, is a very serious, angry turtle and nobody like, it doesn't really match with a wacky weatherman that well. So sure. Do you remember your impression? So you had to study up on turtles real quick. Do you remember any of your impression of it? I'm guessing you saw the cartoon in the comics you said. I read a bunch of old comic books and watched whatever VHS tape I could find on at the, on the day at Tower Records. Like we got like a VHS tape of a couple of episodes of like whatever that show that was running in the early nineties, whichever that that one was. Did you think it was like this is goofy shit, or you're like this is like, the comic books were really cool. Like the yeah. like the, the 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 cartoon show was for little kids, and it was, yeah. was kind of but but the comic books I really liked. Yeah, the, like the, the really comic books the were black heavy. and white ones. And you're like a comic really, guy. 
You're right. You're yeah, a comic. I love comics. Yeah. yeah, I collect Jokers. I'm a big DC guy, but I like. I used to like uh, Ghost Rider. I collected the Flash, but but now I, I collected um, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for a while. Like that oh. first, those like black and white ones that look intense and they look like Frank Miller. Those are really cool. Like the story is weird about the goo and the aliens and the lab. Like like I thought those were really cool. The um. So talking about your your tour, you had uh, I want to about some memorable stops. There was one I've heard you talk about in the Turtle Power documentary. Can you can you recount the story of being in Juarez, Mexico, as Michelangelo? Oh yeah, so we did we did uh, a, we did a trip to Juarez at like it was they didn't even have Pizza Hut, and so we were gonna do it at this yeah. this like. Uh, ice cream random ice cream place and it was because the promoter in texas also owned this ice cream place in in uh mexico and it. so there was the same promoter and so we did a uh like a, a show there and when we showed up like clearly people were gonna go there to see the turtle instead of cross the border and go see the show in like san antonio or something and so we it was like it was a, at least a thousand kids showed up. Like it was, it was, and we ended up having to. There's no security. Like it was just us and like this promoter guy and like these two young guys working in an ice cream store. And so the, there's this mob, and we like drove in and like had to sneak through with our big bags of turtle gear. And we went up on the roof and ended up on the roof doing like a show with like a megaphone. But it was like Woodstock. It was like these crazy amount of kids showed up. And it, it like it could have turned bad. Like if people had been angry that they didn't get to get an autograph, it would have turned bad really fast. But it was it was crazy. We were there for like a day. Um, we also did we went to Puerto Rico and oh, I, I, I mean Mike and I we flipped a coin to see who would get to go because they were only gonna pay for one of us. Um and I don't remember, Mike got to do something that I didn't get to do, but I don't remember what it was. Okay. But I got to go to Puerto Rico. And so we did like a school where nobody understood English and I don't speak Spanish. And so it was just like, okay. Uh, and then I did a morning, like a zany morning TV show that was live, like live, live. And it was me and this like, this like old, it looked like those shows that you see on like Univision. So okay. it was like, it was like this really old guy with a mustache and like this really buxom like Latino girl and then a drag queen, like this guy who looked like Divine with like this big pink hair and, and they like, and like the, the guy who was our driver was like translating and I was like, you know, I don't speak any Spanish and they're like, that's okay, that's okay. So what's going to happen is you're going to pretend to go to, to want to talk your way into backstage and you're going to be trying to explain that you're on the show this week. And this is me in the turtle outfit. You're going to explain <laughs> that you're on the show this week. And the guy working the door says you're not on the list and you're not going to get in. And so you're going to attack him with karate and get in. And I was like, okay. Um, and the guy who was the guy at the door was like the old guy with the mustache. And like, it was this guy who was like, 90 he's like this old old like frail guy ninja turtle beating up a senior citizen this is great and i was like um so how long do you want this to be and they said 10 minutes <laughs> and i was like wait wait and i was like wait what like and they're like 10 minutes and i was like 10 minutes of live tv so of like 
Oh, like, what are we going to do? And so like, I said, okay. And then, and then like, and so we start to do it. And like, so I'm kind of pretending to like shake the guy and like kind of pretending to like punch him. And he speaks no, I speak no Spanish. He speaks no English. And then the drag queen comes out and starts like hitting me with his purse. And I'm like, oh, and so I start kind of fighting with the drag queen. And then I hear a crash behind me and I turn and look and the old guy had, had like fallen over backwards over like the velvet rope with the stanchions and it hit his head and was bleeding. Uh, and like, so he was on the ground, like with real blood and like this, this drag queen is like hitting me with the purse. And then the buxom lady is out and she looks really worried, but I can't tell. Is it a, is she doing the bit? Is she like, trying to stop the bit from going and it was total chaos and i kept looking and the and the director guy who speaks english who was our driver was like keep going keep going and i was like oh my god and like by the end of it they like got the old guy off there's like a trail of blood leading from the velvet rope to them leading him off and afterwards everybody was like great good job that was great that was great but it was it was absolutely insane um that was Puerto Rico. Uh, and I did Mike, Mike got to do some adventure that I didn't get to do, but I don't remember what it was. Did you both do the Macy's parade you were saying before? We both, we, we both did the Macy's parade. The Macy's parade had all four turtles. Okay. Um, and we were in like this rocket car, um, just driving down the whole route. Uh, and then every once in a while the rocket car would stop and we would get out for the cameras and like dance. And I am not a dancer. And Michael Ian Black is not a dancer. Uh, one of them was a dancer, and then Leonardo was Bob Bejan's wife. Like, because she was ah. the only one who was, like, small enough to, like, also fit in the costume. Sure. So we were, like, pretending to dance, and we would pretend to fight, and then we'd get back in the rocket and go. And it was, like, one of the highlights of my life. It was, like, really, really, like, it was the entire Macy's Parade. That's and people cool. would just, and when the turtles would come around the corner, people would go nuts. Like, the turtles were so big right then that we were, like, the you know, amongst the biggest stars in the thing. And people, you know, you could see out through your little mask, and people just went insane when they saw the turtles come up. It was just great. How uncomfortable was that suit? Very. Uh, like, uh, it was, it was, it would dig into your head. Um, like, cause the, the, the front of it had all these animatronics on the inside. Sure. So it was, it was really, really hot cause it was rubber. And so if you were in it for more than like 40 minutes, it was really uncomfortable. And if you were somewhere outside and hot, like, I think if, if I did it now, I would die. Like, I think that, that we could do it cause we were 19 and we were gung ho and it was so much money and it was so much fun that way. And we didn't complain cause we thought if we complained, we'd get fired. Sure. So we didn't, we were like, we just sucked it up. We're like, no, it's great. It's fine. But we had uh, the, the masks had all these animatronics in them and the, the, the thing in the middle of your forehead just would dig into your forehead. And so Mike and I both had this like permanent like red gash, like in the, in between our eyebrows for the whole tour. And it was like this big sore, like it looked like, like horrible acne, like in the middle of your head, like this big red spot that was there all the time. And it, it went away when I stopped doing the tour. Um, they were very uncomfortable. You know, the, um, uh, I, I've never seen, so you're talking about this and we talked a little bit beforehand because I interviewed you for something else. And I looked it up, and I could like the, most of this 
doesn't of you of the promotional stuff for the tour doesn't exist. Like I didn't know about the parade. Otherwise, I'm sure that's like online. But like it's I was be somewhere local morning zoo stuff. I could. I mean, morning zoo probably wouldn't, but like local stuff, I couldn't. The only thing I thought maybe exists was, um, you, some of what you did is in the coming out of their shells making of videos. Correct. I think so. I think okay. so. Yeah. Um, a lot of that was done before us because we didn't join until it was already up and running. You know, we okay. we joined after they hit the road. Um. But I mean, it was all like stuff that's ephemeral. Like it was, it was morning yeah. radio, which they don't record. Like yeah, the morning, no, like the stuff. weather yeah. is like live. You know, it was never like I doubt anybody ever hung on to any of it. You know, uh, but uh, so I guess it's just gone. It was really fun. It was and like when we so we did the tour was um, New York, Chicago, where I'd never been. Like uh, Detroit, which was terrifying, uh, and then L.A. And so in LA, they were at the Universal Amphitheater and they would do the shows and we weren't in that, but then they would, people would, there was like a VIP after thing where people could get their pictures taken with the turtles. And so that was me and Mike. And so me and Mike, and, and we were like, you know, I was 19. I've been in Tennessee where I'm from and New York and like, that was it. So I'd never been to LA and like, we met like David Hasselhoff and what? like, Henry Winkler, like all these people had kids and they would all come backstage and like we would take these pictures with like Henry Winkler and his kid and like and like David Hasselhoff and his kid. And, and like they were all actors. So they were really nice to us. You know, they would lean in and be Are you hot in there. How are you doing? You know, they, they were really like everybody was great. So it was really an amazing experience. And then when we went to Washington, D.C., um, people pulled strings. And so like the Secret Service and their kids came backstage what? and like and like did like a just just with their kids you know just but they like gave they all gave us their cards and they're because we were i mean we were kids we were super gung-ho and we were just great like you know they we were supposed to be somewhere for 10 minutes and we'd be like no we're not gonna say goodbye we're not gonna leave we're not gonna until every kid says hi to us you know so we would stay longer and so people just thought we were great and so the secret service gave us their cards and they gave mike and i like a private tour of the white house the next day oh, shit, that's like cool. a 30 minute like get, get to the gate call this number i'll come get you and they like gave us a tour of the white house like it was really not in costume but just like as ourselves and like everybody was always really surprised when they saw us out of the costume because i don't know what they were expecting but we were like these 19 year old skinny like punk rock kids from new york you know we were we were not professional in any way i had no nice clothes and so people were always like really surprised when they like saw us um wait that's my cat going crazy buddy stop it stop um but so it was great and so we would have weird little experiences like that quite often and it was pretty neat it's crazy to me that so you would just hook up with the local promoter like so there it's crazy to me that it would just be you two guys in a van and not somebody who was like on the like like in charge of it that's insane to me it's insane it's insane like looking back like the insurance like you couldn't get away with it now there's no way oh, sure. like like you like it, the insurance like we were all we were like 19 and 19 that mike might have been 18 and we were like wow. by ourselves in detroit you know with with a car and they would like fax us be at the school orders, yeah. and and like and okay and so we had to drive ourselves there like the like looking back like you you could never do it today like the, just the insurance alone would just be and people would be like texting and tweeting and trying to find out who you were and somebody sure. would complain and like you like it was it was it was great like they really like 
they they had no other option but like the the fact that they just trusted us is just insane the uh and it was not you on oprah i was everybody to know that that was not you it, it was not me that was before we joined that was before the show it was a very weird interview i don't know if you've seen it it's very started strange. yeah i think that was bob bijan i think the voice it was. was oh yeah bob. it was it, i'm sorry that was him in the michelangelo suit you're completely right yes yeah i think that i was asked bob. him about that yeah because yeah. bob does bob didn't do the official voice for the show but he, he does the voice he did he did the show, voice of the show and the singing voice Ah, yeah, he's he was the guy. It was his yeah. idea, like it was his everything. So, yeah, yeah so I yeah I assumed that was his own for it, but I, I didn't, I wasn't sure. Did you have to learn the songs at all? I think I heard you say that when we spoke. No, just we had to do enough so that we could fake it sometimes. Uh, but no, we didn't lead like yo. I'm the one they call Michelangelo. If you hear my story, just say so. Born like a pet, just like the rest of them. I grew up wild, partying with the best of them, living loose. Living large with my brothers now, I'm in charge. It's not that I'm crass, not that I'm crude, just that I'm a naturally humorous dude. Yo, there's Donatello in for a turtle. He's mellow. Like, so we had to, we had to, like, that's great. I, that's from <laughs> 30 years ago, 40, uh, 30 years ago. Um, but yeah, so we would have to do that quite frequently. We would have to do like, and then Michael knew the Raphael like rap, he knew that part of it. Oh, I love that. I was going to say, what yeah, like, songs did you have to... Rem okay, so that was just a snip, just enough to get you by. Just enough to get by, yeah. That's hysterical. I love that. And you don't sing, do you? Like, Not at all. Not <laughs> at all. Yeah. <laughs> singing Dancing Turtles tour, and you're sent yes. alone to go yeah. promote it. That's hysterical. It was great. Uh, so you did it for nine months. Uh, I, I, So I previously, in addition to Bob, Bob Bajan, who organized the whole tour. Yeah, stop it. Sorry. No, please. So in addition to Bob Bajan, who organized the whole tour, I spoke to a guy named David Chatra, who was Michelangelo on the stage uh, during the thing. And he was saying that at some point during the tour, like the Gulf War broke out and the whole tour changed. Does this ring a bell to you at all? Because suddenly the venue went from big, like, big places to like Des Moines. Like little, the, the whole thing changed then. I don't know if that was the case for you. I remember the Gulf War broke out when we were in San Antonio, Texas. Um, like, I, I remember that. And we were in a hotel across from the Alamo, and Michael Black had the flu. Oh, wow. uh, yeah, so I had to do all of the duties. So I had to go and do everything. Michael Black, he was sick as a dog. Like, he was really sick. And so, Mike Black, I would like go out and do my duties and like do the town in my in San Antonio, Texas. And then I would get back and he will have been in the hotel room sick watching the Gulf War all day. And so he would like, it was really surreal. And then he would talk me through like what was happening in the Gulf War. And it just felt like a dream. It was really, really weird. I, I don't know, that was probably about right. There was a There was definitely a stage where we had hit every big city sure. and then we were going to like, Pocatello, Idaho, and like Lake Charles, Louisiana. You know, there was there was definitely like a drop-off point where we started to be in way less nice hotels and way smaller venues. Um, and eventually, I kept when I quit, they they I brought in a buddy from Tennessee to replace me. Uh, Mike Mike dropped out before me because when we were in New York or near New York once, he auditioned for a play and he got it. Oh, wow. um, like an off-Broadway show. Okay. And so he quit after like six months and went to New York. And so I called an old theater buddy from Tennessee who came in and was Raphael. Um, and then I did it at another like two and a half, three months. 
And then I was just done. Like we were in really small towns. And after Lake Charles, Louisiana, I, uh, Sam Ward was the guy I called in. And Sam Ward and I called in another buddy from Tennessee, Josh Beach, and he came in and replaced me. And then I went back to New York. Um, but I did it for nine. I did it for nine months. So I was there. And like five months was big cities. And then four months was was like Lake Tallahassee, Florida, and Lake Charles and Mobile. You know, it was much smaller places. So I would imagine that the show must have changed pretty drastically just because the theater, we, when we would go to the theater to do stuff, like it went from being like the Radio City Music Hall to like weird little, like gym, not gymnasiums, but not much bigger than gymnasiums, sure. you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I would imagine that the show must have, done that it, it must have been a much bigger transition for them than it was for us just because we were still doing the same you know morning zoos and and make a wish kid things now you have uh you know skipping ahead so you have kids have they ever uh, were they uh, any of them ever been into like turtles at all and did you share this with them that you were once michelangelo or no it doesn't mean anything to them i've told them that they don't care like uh <laughs> my, my daughter's 11 and she's aware of the turtles but it just didn't really ever yeah, like, yeah. Hit, yeah. hit her and then donnie is i'll try him again but he's seven and like it just doesn't they they don't care like they know i'm an actor and they know i pretend to be travis jr and stuff but like when i talk about teenage being i might as well be saying during the Civil War, I was number three man on a cannon. Now, number three man is the guy who primes the fuse. You know, like they they don't care. Uh, <laughs> like which is when I but when I was a, when I back then when I, I it timed out that I was in Nashville around Christmas and oh, my nice. family's in Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, so I did like a thing for my family. Like so, my family I had a lot of young cousins. Who oh, were, that's cool. Yeah, so I like showed up, got out of the car, gave them like like turtle swag, uh, and they knew the show was in Nashville, and I got them tickets. But then like Michelangelo came to their house at Christmas and like gave them all stuff and left. So they like they, they must have just like totally blown their minds, like uh, you know they because that that you know they didn't know who I was an actor or anything. So sure. like awesome. that must have really yeah that was that was like a real a real highlight. And so we have some snapshots of like the family with like Michelangelo in my grandparents' living room, like handing out t-shirts and stuff. Like, so that was, that was great. That's awesome. Is there any other uh, crazy stops or highlights or anything that come to mind? Cause that was everything. I did. That's great. Thank you. Uh, one of the funnest things we ever got to do was we were in Fort Dix. Uh, we did stuff with the USO as well. Um, oh, so no we, were, shit. we were in, yeah. So we're in Fort Dix, uh, where all, cause there are a lot of families. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, like, they're like men. Like why? No, no. The kids on um, bases with their families. Oh, so a lot of the families that, you know, sure. they would be living on the base. And so, and so it was always really small. There would only be sure. like maybe 20 kids, maybe. Cool, and so we would go and like, like visit them. And we were doing Fort Dix, which is in New Jersey. And then Fort like Washington, some other fort in the area. And they just decided like, you're going by helicopter. They were like, they, they, they just decided like, we're going to take you, you're going to, how do you feel about riding in a helicopter? And we're like, yeah, okay. And so like in the outfits, me and Mike Black, like went from Fort Dix in like a, like a, 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 not a Huey, but like it was, it was pre Blackhawks. So I don't know what it was, but it was like some military helicopter with no doors. And they like chain you in 
and they took us from one to the other and they did a swoop this is pre 9-11 so we did a swoop of manhattan we went like all the way around manhattan like with a doorless helicopter as turtles so people were like looking you could see people and you're like hey Bonga dude and like people thought it was great and then we landed on this base like out in this big giant like uh, parade ground of a base like in the helicopter unbuckled went out shook kids hands and got back in the helicopter and left like that was cool and then the other thing that would always happen in a, in a really small town like i knew this happened in biloxi mississippi was if you were going to more than one school with the police department because okay. whenever you were doing a just say no presentation you were with mcgruff the crime dog and mcgruff the crime dog is usually a cop like it's usually a cop in the outfit with some police department. And so McGruff the crime dog would be there with like the sheriff of Biloxi with like some small town sheriff guy. Lovely. And so they would always like motorcade you from one school to the other. So like you, it was just, it was great. Like, so you'd get into the car, like I was driving because I, it was me and the Chevy Astro band, me or Mike was driving and we'd be going like, 90 because there's a cop in front of you and a cop behind you and motorcycles like cutting off the side streets and like <laughs> sirens going and like in a Chevy Astro minivan doing 90 through Biloxi but like that happened more than once where like the local cops were like come on we're gonna run some red lights get in like it was Love just that. great That's yeah true. it's just great yeah it, it really was like being like like it was they would treat Tom Cruise exactly the same as they, they treated Michelangelo and Raphael. Like, especially when you got to Lake, Lake Charles, Louisiana, and all these really small places. I love that. That's fantastic. That's oh, great. It's great. It, for anybody who didn't live, I, I was a kid at the time. I was born in 85. So, like, that was my era. I don't remember a time before I was a Turtles fan. So, I'm like, you know. Um, and it just, it it's impossible to understand how fucking huge it was if you weren't there they were huge and it's like, pretty it's social like, media not, like even as big as marvel is right now just the all-consuming and like all the stuff that they like all the junk that they made every toy every dumb tie-in like it was gigantic it was all-consuming for two years there you, it's like I, and i know it, it's like the beatles like you yeah. can't compare it like because now there's i don't know if there's because now there's more streaming there's more shows options, there's more yeah. options for yeah. kids and so now it's a little bit more diversified it's like yeah. like look, mario's huge but not every single kid is into mario right. like the turtles every single kid was into the yeah. turtles like you would go to a school and there was no jaded part of the room that wasn't super excited that, that you was, were yeah. there like <laughs> like it, it was yeah it's not it just did. The world was smaller, and like people, everybody liked the turtles. It was pretty cool. You know, I, I always ask this is my last question, but I might amend it. Uh, so uh, I always ask who your favorite turtle is, but I'm guessing it's Michelangelo because yeah, yeah, Michelangelo. Come on, he's probably a turtle. Dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, I'll end with what's your favorite pizza topping and why? Uh, well, you, you know what? Did you have to ask? This is the that's the question that I would be asked by every every city in america oh that was the first yeah. phone call that the very first kid would always ask oh awesome. so, did you have a standard yeah. answer or did you change it up yeah so ask what's your favorite pizza what's your favorite pizza free pizza and it killed every time it didn't <laughs> it didn't matter any room always that joke always worked every That's single nine-year-old laughed at that joke did you have to say cowabunga a lot 
Oh yeah, oh yeah, Calabonga, dude. Whoa, yeah, it was great. It was, but it was like it's like I look back. I was it was so fun. It was such a great fun time that I I never remember being tired of it. Like okay. I never I I never got up and was like ugh. You know, it was just it was great. It was really fun. That's awesome, Ben. I, a huge pleasure to talk to you again. Thanks for doing this. I I, I love getting into this weird history. So huge pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, California, dude. Um, thanks for having me. Call anytime. Cool. Take care. <laughs> thanks, man. Bye. Man, you got to dig the groovish sound. Listen to the tracks we're laying down. The girls are coming up from the ground. We got a message that we have found. Gonna keep rapping. Gonna keep talking. Ready to go. Let's get on with the show now. Hey, y'all, Leonardo's his name. He is the leader that you claim the fame now. My brother's trust when we shred a man, we go for the bus. He's a turtle standing tall and proud. But he loves to rock the crowd. So he put down his weapon, he picked up an instrument. Different kind of message is what he implements. Many say you got to keep pushing the envelope. Cause if you don't, you'll wind up a dope. Cause when the going gets rough, the going gets tough. The winners are the ones who say it's never enough. Now, are you listening to what I say? I am still a mutant turtle in every way. But tonight, we come to play. Yo, there's Donatello, even for a turtle. He's mellow, it's simple, it's simple what makes him grin. Just give him anything, give him anything, give him anything that you plug in. If it's got to do with a chip or a bit, energy that just won't quit. Now, when we started we had no choice. We needed something to help our voice. And we went to work to develop a plan. And now we're making music for all our fans. Look to die for the whistles and bells, helping each of us to come out of our share. Michelangelo, let me kick my story, just say so Born like a pet, just like the rest of them I grew up wild, party with the best of them Living loose, living large With my humor now, I'm in charge It's not that I'm crass, not that I'm rude It's just that I'm a naturally humorous dude Turn up the volume, baby, let's pump it I see the Foot Clan, man, you know I thump it Calabunga is my favorite word I use it all the time, or haven't you heard? I'm out of control, wild and crazy, hazy Baby, a little bit lazy in the world that he'd rather be than a turtle who is mutant as well. I said it before, he's coming out of his shell. I saved this guy for the end of the song. I'm sorry, excuse me if it gets too long. The man is my very best friend. I stick with my buddy till the very end. He wrote the music, I wrote the words. We wrote everything that you've heard. Splinter, splinter, this one's for you. You were the first who said we would come through. What do you do when you can't think 